Are you constantly in a rush, frustrated, impatient? Or do you easily get upset when things just don't happen in a timely manner? Then in this video, we're going to talk about three key reasons why we must always be patient. And so today we're going to take you to a place where you can slow down, pump the brakes, so you'll be able to find the reasons why you must wait. But there's a scripture that I want to share with you real quickly that I think is going to be essential for you to tap into this area. Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. This verse is important. See, you have to understand what it means to be diligent. Diligent means being careful of one's decisions, being conscientious of, of everything, their work, the things that they're engaged in. And oftentimes we get so caught up on the destination that we don't embrace the journey. For if it's not the endurance and the embracing of the journey, we'll never be able to embrace and fully understand the destination. So it says the plans of the diligent. Do you have a plan? Have you gone to God to find the plans for your life? Do you even plan time with God to find God's plans for you so that you can become a person that can endure this season that you're in? See, the reason why we must endure seasons is because seasons make us seasoned. And if we're impatient, then we'll just be bland in the land that, we'll, that we quote unquote want to be promised. See, God is a God of order. God is not going just to uh, just give you something just because you ask. God looks inside of you to see, can you last? See, people ask without endeavoring to ask themselves, if I was to receive what I'm asking for, can I last? So we got to get to a place where we say, okay, God, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to pump the brakes. I'm going to go the speed limit because I do not want to be hasty. That verse again says, it says, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So if you're a single person and you're hasty, your marriage is going to be poor. If you're if you're hasty um, to, to, to have a family, there's going to be poverty in that household. Any place that you rush to, you're going to ruin because you're not fully loaded. What inside of you is not fully loaded to the place where when you unload, it's enough for everyone to feed off of. So I just wanted to encourage you before I give you the three points to really begin to slow your life down and say, hey, am I OK with God's plans for me? Am I patient? Am I willing to slow my life down? Now, I'm going to give you three reasons real quick before I ask some questions why we must slow down and be patient. Give me one second. The first point is this, achieving long-term success. The problem is most of us, we want success now, but we're not successful enough to be successful now. So in order for us to achieve long-term success, not just something that passed, but something that lasts, we have to be patient. It says patience is a vital virtue when it comes to achieving sustainable and long-term success. So you have to understand that there is not a, a no race in life that's a sprint. All races in life are marathons. And if you train for life's marathons as Hussein Bolt or a sprinter, then my friend, you won't even reach the first mile. 
The reason why people are divorced by thir thir the third year, divorced by the fifth year, or, or their children are being brought up in a, in a home that's not developing them is because those individuals did not train for the marathon called marriage, the marathon called parenting, the marathon called ministry, the marathon called business. Whatever it is that you're in, that race is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so if you want to sustain a thing, you got to train for the length of that thing. And so, for instance, if most people got married with 40 years, 50, 50, 60 or 70 years of marriage in mind, then as a single person, they'll train with that in mind. They'll say, OK, what must I have to ensure that a, a marriage lasts 50 plus years? What must I have in my life now to ensure my kids grow up in a balanced and safe home? What must I or what must what should be my training regimen? right now to ensure that this thing lasts. The issue is most people are training for the marathons of life as sprinters. Let's keep going. Many worthwhile goals and endeavors require time, effort, and persistence to come to fruition. In order for things to come to fruition, you got to bear fruit. So everything, marriage, ministry, business, parenting, whatever it is, it's going to require you, it's going to be your worthwhile so that your worth will last a while. And when you understand that, then you'll say, okay, I got to make sure that I put the time, the effort, and the persistence in to ensure that this thing lasts. As by exercising patience, we give ourselves the opportunity to stay committed to our vision or God's vision, making necessary adjustments and overcome obstacles along the way. So if you don't have a patient mindset, then you're not going to be able to see long lasting success in your life. That's why your mind has to be transformed into understanding why patients must have a perfect work so that you can be whole, complete and lacking in nothing. And so when you go on through these various trials, you will already know mentally that these various trials are here to make you versatile so that you can last a while. How long do you want that season to last? You don't want that season um, to last but for a moment, that's why marinating is so important, because if you just sprinkle a little season there, then the chicken ain't going to really have flavor. The steak won't have flavor. But if you let it marinate in the spices, if you let it marinate in the season, then it will stay seasoned. And so when you're in your season right now, you got to marinate in this season because this season is the right amount of seasoning to make you last more seasons. And so if you want to achieve long-term success, my friend, then you have to have a patient mindset, a perspective that says, I understand why this is taking a long time. The thing is, we compare God's process to the world's processes. And so we get offended by God when God goes the original pace while everybody's going their own race. And so when you compare your life to the world's promotion and the world's speed, everybody measures the moment of a person's success. Everybody measures based upon what they show now. The goal is not about what I have achieved. If everything's measured by what I sustain, it's not about me getting it. It's about me keeping it. So stop envying that couple who just got married yesterday. Let's see if they'll be married 10 years from now. Stop envying the individual who's traveling in ministry or successful in business. Let's see if they'll still be in it three years from now. 
The measurement of a person's success is not the moment that they have success. The measurement of their success is the longevity of that success, success being sustained. And patience gives you a perspective. Patience will keep you from comparing because a patient person always knows they're a patient. In order for patience to be birthed in me, I have to first know that I'm a patient. I have to know that in order for me, for God to do work in me, I have to have anesthesia. I have to be still. I have to be content. I can't just be moving all on a surgery table, getting mad at God, flipping over to try to get to another room to experience another season. I got to be able to say, okay, God, I'm going to steal myself in this season. I'm going to be content with you within, within whatever season that you're in, and I'm going to be a patient so patience can work on me and have its full effect. Next, enhancing decision-making. Impatience can lead to rushed and impulsive decisions, often resulting in unfavorable outcomes. See that? So everybody's initial decision look good. Oh, that car looks great. Oh, that house is beautiful. Oh, man, she's beautiful. Oh, he's handsome. Oh, y'all look good together. Oh, wow, their, their family looks so happy in the pictures. But if you really were to investigate and you'll begin to see that the outcomes don't match what they put out on social media. By cultivating patience, we grant ourselves the space, the ability, the bandwidth to gather information, weigh options, and make thoughtful choices. Patient decisions, decision-making allows for a more comprehensive understanding of situations leading to better informed and more successful outcomes. That's why we have to be patient. Weigh the options. Think four to five moves ahead. Test the person in front of us. Discern the environment. Patience has a pace. Patience has a poise. And if you don't have the poise of patience, then you'll follow any noise. And so it enhances your decision making. It's when we grant ourselves space to gather information, like when that man comes in front of that girl, that situation, or opportunity, you got to gather information. You got to go and pray about it. You got to go weigh the options. You got to make thoughtful choices. You got to consider every angle. A patient person says, you know, I got too much purpose to be impulsive. I have too much connected to me. Just allow anyone else to come connected to me. They start examining everything because of everything that is connected to them. They don't want the viruses of other people to creep into what's valuable to them. And when a person doesn't see themselves as valuable, then they'll only give anyone access to their valuables. Patient decision-making allows for more comprehensive understanding of situations leading to better informed and more successful outcomes. Patience ensures more favorable outcomes, better decision-making. How many of us rush into relationships and then four or five months, if not two to three years, realize, yep, I probably shouldn't have jumped into that. Every hindsight being 2020, every decision you rushed in right now, when you reflect on that rushing in, you begin to realize you should have never rushed in. Every bad decision, every breakup, everything proves that the initial action was impatience that put us in that position to not listen. And then time goes missing. And now we reminiscing. And now we're wishing that we never did it in the first place. 
Number three, it reduces or reducing stress and anxiety. Impatience often leads to unnecessary stress and anxiety as we often fix, uh, as we become fixated on immediate results. On the other hand, practicing patience helps us stay calm and composed. Even in challenging situations, by learning to embrace the waiting process, we can foster a healthier mindset and improve our overall well-being. So we see these three reasons are very uh, paramount in order for us to reach our pinnacles of success. We have to be patient to achieve long-term success, to enhance our decision-making, and to reduce stress and anxiety. What are you anxious for today? Why do you want to be in that season so badly? Why do you want to be married? Why do you want to have kids? Why do you want to be successful? Why are you hasting? Because whatever you're hasting in, whatever you get in is going to be wasted. See, hasting leads to wasting. You waste time. You waste opportunities of growth. You waste uh, 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 the, uh, the chances for you to actually become the person you need to be. So what type of poverty are you setting yourself up to be in by trying to hastily enter in a season that you're not ready to be in. This season right here that God has for you, I promise you in time, you'll be thankful for it. So I hope this message was a blessing to you. Hope you got something out of it. I hope that you're not hasting leading to wasting. And if you're in a position right now where you say, coach, my mindset is off. Coach, I'm impatient. I'm impulsive. I'm successful, but I just want more. I'm not, I'm not in a place of contentment and I desire to get to a place where I'm content in God. I want to get to a place where, where I can be patient. I want to get to a place where I'm not going around the same mountain for years, wasting my singleness, all that good stuff. If that's you, then make sure you go to my website, mycoachjosh.com forward slash mindset mass. We have over 12 to 15 people in the program right now shifting their mindsets and their lives are shifting with it. A lot of people have already discovered their purpose. A lot of people have already overcome their anxieties and stresses already. And that could be you as well. So make sure you check it out. Uh, MyCoachJosh.com forward slash mindset mass. I believe it would be a great program for you. I've done all the work for you. All all you got to do now is work on your life and see your life shift in the process as your mind shifts. All right, let's get to the Q&A. Let's see what we got. I'll make sure I go ahead and post that link. I forgot that quick. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll post in the chat. If you watch it later, I'll go ahead and post it in the comments or I'll go ahead and post it. Uh, don't think I post the right link. Anyway, let's answer some questions. Kristen L says, hi, coach. How to pace and navigate a new relationship as a woman? Seeking him for continual confirmation and peace. Great question. Well, the beautiful thing about being a woman is that you get to determine the pace. You get to dictate the pace. Like, like when a man races in, then you determine his pace in. And anytime a man rushes to get with you, chances are he doesn't even really trying to get to know you. He's rushing because he has no clue about himself. So if, if you see that a man's pace is at a pace of race, then it may be a time for you to be able to say, you know what, this is going to end in disgrace. This is going to end in a place where my time has been erased. So we need to slow down. And then you got to ask the individual, why are you pursuing me? So how to pace and navigate a relationship? Ask a lot of questions. Ask questions to see why he is pursuing you. Ask, ask questions like, what, what are your goals five years from now? 
Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Ask questions so that you can see his heart. While his eyes is in tune to you, you can be in tune to his heart by asking questions to see whether or not y'all should be apart. And so this book right here, my friend, I think will be a blessing to you. It's called Dating Prep. There's over 200 questions in this book that will help you either end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. Also, another great book I think would be a blessing to you is this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart. This book right here will help you better understand to see if this man should stand beside you in holy matrimony. It will determine whether or not this man is a counterpart or a counterfeit. And if you also in a situation as a gentleman, it also does the same thing for you with the woman in your life. And so when it comes to God confirming things, God confirms as much as needed for your faith to be solid. But at the same time, if you are not 100% sure from God that that person's for you, then you really got to slow your pace down. So what you got to do in the meantime is start investigating your own feelings, start investigating your own contentment, start investigating your own worth in your own eyes. Because if you don't do those investigations and you allow that man into your life prematurely, then all of a sudden you will get caught up emotionally and you'll be caught up emotionally, but mentally and spiritually unsure if this man is for you or not. So what I would do is how to dictate your pace. First, you got to say, OK, God, um, uh, 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 I want to be in your will. I desire to be in your will. God, this prayer right now, this prayer that I'm about to give you is 10 for 10. It's 100 for 100. What you do is this. Say, God, if this man is not the one that you have for me, remove him in the next week or so. And what will happen is God will allow him to expose himself for who he really is. And you'll begin to see him contradicting what he once told you before, you will begin to see his eyes become lustful. You will begin to see certain things that will let you know that this man ain't for you. But then oftentimes God ain't just going to pick him up and move him to Nevada. He's not going to pick him up and move him to Argentina. He's going to show you the signs. And if you adhere to him, cool. If you don't, that's on you. But the first thing you got to ask God, say, God, number one, Lord, I desire to be in your will. And if this man is not who you have for me, reveal it this week. And I promise you, God will reveal it, but you have to listen. And so you don't want to wait for confirmation. You want to, you want to work from confirmation. The big difference. Don't be with somebody. Don't work with somebody working towards confirmation. You work with somebody from confirmation. So you don't start dating somebody or court somebody until y'all both receive confirmation from God. That God has confirmed it. Here are some clues that will let you at least know that this person is close to potentially being confirmed. Do y'all do y'all's purposes aligned? Do y'all goals aligned? Are y'all are y'all uh, with, within the main biblical uh, 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 foundations? Are y'all both in agreement on the Word of God? Are y'all in agreement of who Jesus is? Are you in agreement? Like if those things are if, then that person is definitely not who God has for you. Hope to help. Great question. PTL. Hey coach. Oh, you applied for one. Okay. Gotcha. I'm going to take a look at, it. I get a lot of emails. I'll make sure Jared, right? I think your name is Jared. I'll make sure I check my email to see if I got it, bro. And reach out to you shortly. Nubia Socha says, can you clarify what God means when he says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters when it comes to having a job? Well, when you understand that when you work unto the Lord's standards of work 
and you work into the lower standards of excellence, you will always supersede boss or man's expectations. And anytime you are, uh, um, anytime you exceed man's expectations, that man can't help but promote you to the level of the expectation that you exceed it. So it's whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, meaning give it all that you got. Be present. Don't don't have your heart separate. So when you at, at your work, be there because there's something there for you. Even if it's not your dream job, it's your dream love. You see what I'm saying? It may not be your dream job, but that dream, that place where you're at will be what, what lobs you into your dream. There's been a lot of jobs that I worked at that that wasn't what I'm doing now, but it all played a major role for the roles that I'm rolling with and rolling in now. So whatever you do, work at it with your heart. Meaning, work at it. Try to go deeper in righteousness with it. Try to be your best self in it. Because when you work into the Lord, there's a level of reverence. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When you reverence God, you hold the wisdom of God and you begin to walk in wisdom. And you, and anytime you fear God and walk in God's wisdom, the world don't have that access. The world walk in their wisdom, the world's wisdom, but God's wisdom supersedes by billions and quadrillions of miles above man's wisdom. And so that's why the pharaohs went to Daniel. They went to Joseph. They 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 revered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God because they reverenced God and walked in a divine wisdom that the world can't get in. The world can't pay for God's wisdom. God's wisdom was already paid for the heirs and joint heirs of Christ. You see what I'm saying? And so when we understand that, we'll say, okay, great. When I work unto the Lord, reverencing him, honoring him wherever I'm at, I'm going to walk in a level of wisdom that's going to catch the eyes of all the people in the workplace. And you got to also know the flip side of that. Not only are you going to garner favor, you're going to also garner frustration from people. Because when you work into the Lord, people who see the favor on you, the flavor of favor on you, while they're bland in the land, then they're going to get mad at you because you keep getting promoted. But that's life. But when you work into the Lord with all your heart, meaning being present, giving all your gifts and talents to it, uh, uh, going at it with joy, no matter if, if it's something that you don't want to do, you do it with joy because you understand this is what's going to lob you to your dream job. And so when you do that, you'll begin to see favor, but also warfare because people don't like favor on people like, like God's people. But that's how the wealth is laid. The wealth of the wicked is laid for the just because the wicked don't have the wealth. The wicked don't have the wisdom. The wicked have the wealth. God's people have the wisdom. And so if you want the uh, the wealth of the wicked transfer, you got to reverence God in everywhere you are. Walk in a level of wisdom that they have to pay for. And all of a sudden, now all that wealth they built for, they need you to fulfill those systems. Next thing you know, the wealth transfer has already occurred. But the reason why the wicked wealth transfer probably hasn't been transferred to you or to me or to whomever is because we're not working the work of the Lord. And we, not only are we not working the work of the Lord, we're not working the work of the Lord to the Lord as unto the Lord. So. They say broke people are people with no money. No, broke people are people not working their purpose. The best money is in your purpose. You may not make the most money in your purpose, but you'll make the best money in your purpose. And for a lot of us, we'll make the most money in our purpose. Right now, could it be that the reason why you're broke is because you're not working your purpose? 
Because when you work your purpose, no matter where you at unto the Lord, my friend, wealth can't help but come to you. Opportunities can't help but come to you. Favor can't help but come to you. Hope to help. Let's keep going. Cut this fan. I got a little warm. Newbie says, slow down and be patient. Yeah, slow down. You ever been in elementary school or whatever, you racing somebody and they just take off and next thing you know, a half a mile ahead, they huffing and puffing by the fence and you just, don't envy the people that burst because sometimes the burst leads you to your worst. Sometimes you just got to pace yourself and then you'll find success coming to you. Anything outside of God is a counterfeit. That's it. Anything outside of God is a counterfeit. So instead of having fits, examine if it's a counterfeit. Ralph Scalp says, hey, coach, what are some tips to fall in love with God? First off, you don't want to fall into anything because if you fall into anything, you, the higher probability of you getting hurt are, is high. You don't want to fall in love because God is not a pit. You want to grow in love because God's a foundation. See, when you fall into something, God is not a pit. You see what I'm saying? He's 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 soil, right? He's he's not an empty space that you fall into. So you have to grow in love. In order to grow in love of God, you got to plant yourself in God. Planting yourself in God is having the wherewithal to see that God is in all. God is in everywhere. So at any place right now, I'm planted in him. And as I'm planted in him, the word of God is richly coming out of my mouth, answering you guys' questions. Anytime my mind gets to try, that's what that's why the Bible says he keeps them in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on him because he trusts in him. So how does your mind stay on God? Just being able to stand on God's precepts, staying on God's uh, uh, personality, staying in God's ways of doing things. Your mind is stayed on him. What will he do in this situation? Acknowledging him. Not allowing your minds to drift into comparison to what the world is doing. So when you understand falling in love is dangerous, that's why you got to watch words, because that terminology came from the left field. Because when you fall, you fall and get hurt. But when you grow, you produce fruit. And so what are some tips to grow in love with God? First, you have to get to know God. You have to get to know him. What I want you to do, I want you to look up 10 attributes of God. I want you to take one of those 10 that resonates with you now and the season that you may be challenged with. And I want you to do a study of that attribute for the next 21 days. Every day, I want you to look at uh, the same scripture or a different scripture. I want you to write out different things. I want you to start thinking about in the past how God has came through through that attribute and begin to meditate on it. See, in order for us to spiritually grow, we got to do spiritual disciplines. We expect God to grow us, but we don't want to grow ourselves. And so then after that, once you get to know God, then you walk with God. God, I want to order my steps, Lord. Lead me, God. And the next thing you know, as you begin to get to know God and you get to talk to God more and then you walk with God, my friend, you will begin to find your heart deeply in love with God to the place that where you will, you won't rise anyone above God because you love God above everyone. Hope to help. Hope that uh, provides a good starting point for you. Hey, my sister. Amen. Newbie and Soul Child, it was a blessing. Thank you. You're so welcome. Jody Summer says, 
Is it bad that sometimes I don't want to bring children into this world? I want kids, but the world feels like it's getting worse and more toxic than before. Well, I understand those sentiments, but at the same time, that's why as a single man, you create a life where you can create a life that your created life can enjoy without danger. What I mean by that? Right now, as a man, you get a chance to develop yourself, create wealth or create opportunities for you to live in a place where it's not toxic. Not everywhere is toxic. There are certain cities, certain places that's toxic, but there are certain places that's not toxic. That you can create a life for your created life to live their life without harm. There are a lot of cities that's not dangerous. A lot of neighborhoods are not dangerous. A lot of uh, 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 things to remove danger. That's why you got to be dangerous to make sure you're not in danger. You got to be dangerous. What I mean by dangerous, you got to be alert. You got to be keeping on the swivel. You got to be, you know, you got to keep that thing. You got you to gotta have some methods and stuff to ensure that that child's protected. But ultimately, that child has a purpose. And if you're, if you as a parent ensure that child's in a purpose, they'll always be protected. You survived. I survived. All of us watching to a degree survived tough times. And so, yeah, I understand that it's, this world is tired. That's why you get off social media and, and begin to embrace the world that you're in. I mean, the life that you have. Instead of, you know, going on Twitter, going on watching news. I don't even watch that kind of stuff because it. what's the point? If it ain't news to me, then why look at why look at the news? I'm focused on my news <laughs> and my dues. And so, yeah, man, God, you, there comes a, there. There's another area that you have to examine and say, okay, do I trust God with this? Because I'm not going to be anxious about something that God is in control of. Hope to help, my friend. Let's see where we at. You're so welcome. Oliver says, what is the best Bibles to get? I use the ESV, but thinking about getting Tony Evans study Bible. Not too, too sure about Tony Evans study Bible, but I do the ESV. Um, I would definitely stay away from the NIV. Uh, uh, I will stick with the King James, New King James ESV. I don't know what version Tony Evans Study Bible is, but yeah, I will stick with the ESV, man, and um, and just go with the Holy. At, at the end of the day, everything boils down by developing and cultivating a relationship where when you ask God that He'll He'll let you know what Bibles are good or not. He'll let you know what Bible's good for you to study. <clears throat> but in my personal opinion, I will stick with the ESV. Uh, King James gets a strong concordance. Um, don't just get a Bible to read. Get a Bible that you can study. But I'm not for, I'm not familiar with Tony Evans' study Bible, so I'm, I'm not sure what uh, is uh, commentaries like. I, I haven't even looked at it. But hey, ask the Holy Ghost. He'll let you know if you should get it. But those those just my suggestions there, my friend. Jenny Travis says, I asked God if the guy I'm dating is meant for me. His reply was I should surrender to him. God told me to fix my eyes on him so I will have peace. Why? No direct answer from God. That was very direct. The issue is we want God to give us directives and then we want to direct God into giving us a key answer. He says surrender. He's very direct. Chance, what that what that answer means is to let that gentleman know, not right now. Right now in this season of my life, I'm going to surrender to God. I'm going to fix my eyes on him and I will have peace. Start there. God is not going to show you every, like for instance, God is not going to show you every part of what it is that you want a part of your life. He's going to say, if you can't handle the first part, you're not going to handle the fifth part. 
And so if you're expecting God to give a direct answer that that di that's different than the answer he gave you, then you got to look at your own heart and say, okay, why was I upset? I said he was upset. Why am I even questioning the answer God did to my questioning? So if he replies to you, first, you got to rejoice that God replied to you. <laughs> Rejoice in that and then do what he says, because if you don't do what he says, you ain't going to see what he has. And so God ain't going to tell you if he's hit or not, because if, because rather because that answer right there is what you can handle. If God was to tell you that he wasn't it, would you still pursue it? Right now, you may say yes, but we're talking about if God was to give you a direct answer saying he is not it for you, what would you do? A lot of us are not mature enough to handle God's direct answers in regards to the answers we want him to be direct with because God is very direct and some of us we can't handle the directness of God so God will kind of soften the direct the directiveness of himself and give you something like this because he knows you can't handle it or if even if he was to tell you that he wasn't it most people and I've been guilty of it, will ignore it and still pursue it anyway or if God was to tell you that he was it but you're not ready to hear that then you would have rushed into it prematurely and then it would just self-destruct. So God loves you too much to tell you what you really want to hear. Because he knows that you're possibly not built to the place of maturity to bear what it is that you want to hear. Because if God was to answer the question as directly as you wanted him to, our hearts are so deceitful and desperately sick, we'll still go after it. <laughs> so God says, hey, I'm very direct. I told you directly. What I want you to do, I want you to fix your eyes on me. I want you to surrender to me. And if you can't handle that, then you won't be able to handle whatever it is that you're asking for. Dammy says, Coach, could you pray for me as I write my first show, please? Coach, can you please pray for me as I write my first series? And do yes, let's pray for Dammy. Father, we thank you so much for my sister. Lord, we thank you so much that as she writes, she's being she'll be the tool, the vessel that you're writing through. That she'll write something that the world has never heard or seen before that, that will shine light on whatever it is that you did, created her to shine light on. We come against fear. We come against doubt. We come against jealousy. We come against comparison. We come against perfectionism. And Father, we just pray, Father, that she'll enjoy this process creating with you and trusting you with the art, the finished piece, Lord. And we thank you for it. And just never do pray. Amen. Love you all. Thank you so much for trusting me with your questions. Make sure you check out my latest book, uh, Multi-Purpose. If you want to find your multiple purposes in life and fulfill them at a high level, then this book is a good book for you. Also check out our merch, Well Done. We have to be well to do well, to position ourselves to hear well done. Uh, if you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds and you want to be free, then this book, The Purpose of Freedom, will be a great book for you. If you have a person, situation, or city, or decision in front of you, and you don't know if it's from God for you, then this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, will help you clearly see what God wants you to see so that you will be able to, to, to pursue what he wants you to pursue. If you're struggling with your feelings and you want to find the facts behind them so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose and not be an emotional person, but a person whose emotions are tools, Instead of making them into fools, if this book right here, Facts of Films, would be a great book for you. If you're looking to hold the things in your life better, or you're a person that says, hey, I want God to pour this or that into my life, 
But God is not going to pour anything into anyone who has holes in them because God is not a person that hastes to waste. When Jesus broke the five loaves and two fish, they had 12 baskets full. God is not a God of waste. And so right now, if you're seeing that your marriage is wasting away, your kids are wasting away, you, you're wasting away, then this book right here will show you where you have holes in your life. So you allow the Holy Ghost to patch them up so that you can hold the things in your life well. So get this book. The Holiness Journal will be a great resource for you. If you want to better understand the purpose of your single, because every season has a purpose. And if you want to better understand your purpose, his purpose for your singleness, so that you can find his purpose for your mingleness, then this book, The Purpose of Singleness, will be a great resource for you. We already talked about dating prep. So if you're looking for a great resource to see if the relationship should end or extend, these questions will get it in. And you'll be able to find out if it's God's will for you. If you're struggling with uh, spiritual warfare and you want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book, World War Me, will be a great resource for you. If you have a young person that wants to better understand why they're here or find proverbial wise sayings to help them walk wisely as a young person, this book, as he says, as he from the students I serve, will be a great book for them. And I love you all. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. Oh, I'm a guy. My bad. My bad. My bad, fam. Well, Lord, we pray for our brother. <laughs> the Lord, you will use him in his gift of writing. I love you. Y'all be blessed. If you feel like supporting, you can do that on my website as well. We love you. We appreciate your generosity in advance. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace.